game for the game, not the fan of heart. It's a game that you love right from the very start. Stirs passion and blood when you hear the call. You gotta be game to play this game and give your all. Oh, this is something! That'll be hard to beat for the big one! Pull up below, dribbles it along the ground! Yes! Can you believe this damn game of It's a ball! Nathan Jones from 40, no one in his way! Goal! With the outside of the boot! Corey Dixon, what about that? Danger, on his left, could not, could not, could not, but does the going! The Eagles are in front, Don Sheen might be the hero! AW is football. Here's your host, Tim Lane. And a very good afternoon and welcome to 3AW Saturday Football. And what a humdinger of a day and night we have ahead. A triple header. We're at the MCG, which is uh, just glowing in all its magnificence under a lovely late autumn sunshine here. Yarra Park closed. If you were thinking about driving in uh, and you hadn't heard, there's no parking outside the ground. So uh, be thinking about... Public transport in one form or another. It's going to be Carlton and St Kilda at 1.45 here. At twilight, we go to Adelaide for the Crows and Collingwood. Huge game there. And then tonight, it's North Melbourne and Port Adelaide from Marvel Stadium with a couple of big around-the-grounds games as well, uh, across which we shall keep you. Brisbane and Geelong at the Gabba through the afternoon. That kicks off at 2.10 and uh, the... Um, game tonight, Fremantle versus Essendon from Optus Stadium, covered via our Around the Grounds coverage. Uh, the round started, of course, last night here at the MCG, and that's going to be on our radar for Sydney played Melbourne, and uh, Melbourne were never in the hunt and lost by 53 points, and really it's an exclamation mark on a rotten season for the Demons. The Swans 15-5-95, the Demons 5-12-42. Melbourne's coach, Simon Goodwin, coming up on 3AW in just a moment, and guests to follow him will be fellow coaches, uh, Brett Ratton of the caretaker form, but for how long, that is the question, and um, David Teague, about whom we've been asking the same question for a few weeks and is now ensconced as coach of Carlton for three seasons, will also join us before this game between the Blues and the Saints. And we're going to pay tribute to the late Polly Farmer with an interview with his giant rival, of those days of yore, Big John Nichols, uh, the former captain and coach and great of the Carlton Football Club, who is going to join us in about 40 or 35 minutes time. But let's get down to business. So, Caro, Lloydie and Jimmy, no lethal today, but uh, we have an esteemed crew. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Well, spring is in the air, Tim, isn't it? You felt it walking into the MCG today, and I know this game has no bearing on the finals, but... 
We're calling it exclusively on 3AW and I'm fascinated by what we're going to see today because you feel that you want to see a glimpse of what we're going to see next year in 2020, don't you, Matthew? Yeah, that's right, Carrie. One thing I want to talk about with Melbourne, which leads me into it, is the excitement of Carlton fans in particular. I was walking in about 45 minutes ago and the, the queues of Carlton people excited, even though they're sitting 16th on the ladder, six wins, 14 losses, the excitement of what David Teague has bought and what the last six weeks have bought. On the flip side of that, walking out last night at about you know quarter past 11 and the Melbourne fans just head down. And I, I asked myself, how you... Did had you had to look pretty carefully yeah, to find them. Yeah, they didn't did. even get 24,000. Yeah, and yeah. Sydney made a much bigger noise. Mm, they did, but I'm saying, how do you sell a Melbourne membership next year? What would be the thing you could say, buy a membership because of this... Apart from trying to say this was just an off year, which week after week after week, Jim, you're expecting something to change and nothing does. And I think they hit rock bottom last night. Yeah, spot on, Lloydie. I actually got more interest out of watching uh, old highlights on the cricket in the yeah. rain delay. Mm. Like, that's seriously how they were playing. Look, I know we're um, glossing over the Swans because I think they've been very good, the Swans. They've lost. And I guess that's a great reflection on what you're touching mm. on. The Swans have lost in recent weeks, but you can see it. Mm. You know what I mean? You can see what the young players are doing, the, what they're building to. And you can go, you know, in 12 months, that side's going to be exciting. You had Buddy Franklin back in to that mix. You know where they're going. I, I'm with you with Melbourne. You're just going, the more and more these losses and the way they lose going, I actually think last year was yeah. the off year. Mm. You know, the successful year that where they built all those credits. I, I can't see why the, uh, this year isn't just the norm. Yeah. The look on the faces of the players as they walked off the ground, I mean, I was just watching it yeah. on TV, was, it, it was quite mm. distressing. I mean, you don't often see players looking that upset and I gather Jake Melsham did an interview with another radio station and felt that he was at the rock bottom of his footy mm. lifetime, which given what he's been through was a pretty big statement. It, it was That's shattering. a massive thing. statement. He mm. was one of the Eston 34. Mm. I mean, that is yep. a, a massive thing to say if, uh, if that's indeed what was said. Uh, incidentally, the open line for Nick Theodosi Prestige Cars is all yours. 96900693 or 131332. Um, we'd love to hear from Melbourne fans as we mm. uh, wait to interview Simon Goodwin. And... Um, What's your feeling about the question Lloydie just mm. posed? How does the club convince you to sign up as mm. a member for next year? I know, uh, we'll get, well, Simon, I'm sure you'll say, obviously, we get longer, a longer period with our players. We've signed Darren Burchess, one of the great fitness gurus. But still, you know, I think that uh, I looked at Simon last night, and he might be listening to this shortly, but he looked lost to me last night. I thought he was a coach who has thrown a lot of players around. But for everything he's tried, nothing has changed. And they didn't score a goal for 65 minutes last night. Uh, and it ended up after quarter time, 11 goals to two. So you just did not know where their next goal was coming from. Nine six nine hundred six nine three or 13, 13 32. Give us a call. The Nick Theodosi Prestige Cars open line. Thanks to Nick Theodosi Prestige Cars, bringing you the best for almost 50 years. Is this just natural end of season gloom, though, mm. that not only supporters carry because there was a poor crowd here supporting mm. the Demons last night, but look at Essendon last week, look at uh, North Melbourne last week as well. Mm. I go, I go back to Richmond at the end of 2016, Tim, yeah. and I was in Sydney that day. They lost to the Swans by a massive yeah. amount and seemed to be a team devoid of hope, bereft of hope. So, I mean, obviously things can change and change pretty quickly. Um, but it was just 
Richmond that year, you know, they were, there was not one but two challenges to the board. Everyone was questioning Damien Hardwick and whether they'd been wrong to extend his contract. There was a lot... We knew that a lot of assistants were going to be changed around and thrown out, which they were, and we think that might happen at Melbourne as well. It's already started. But it, it's just the... Um, up until today, there's, there's been almost a... There has been a lack of passion about the situation and I wonder if the timing's been that just at the time of Melbourne's worst losses you know coaches have been sacked etc so we've just taken our eye off the ball with Melbourne well Simon Goodwin joins us he's been listening to you Caro uh, Simon thanks for being with us and uh, I guess it was a a long night for you both during the game and and afterwards um, do you feel responsible after an occasion like that when now, the club's desperately wanting something to hang its hat on at the end of the year, and um, and we got that. Yeah, good afternoon, Tim and, and Caro. Um, Simon. You know, without question, it was um, really, really disappointing. You know, it was unacceptable in, in terms of how we played, and, um, you know, it's certainly um, a bit of a reflection of how the year's gone, and, uh, you know, as we all know in, in football at this time of the year, when we're in the situation we are, it can become really difficult, but... There's no question I take responsibility for where we're at. You know, it's, um, it's been a really difficult year, um, but there's some things that we need to get right and um, we've got a lot of work ahead of us. Simon, a week ago, your CEO, Gary Pert, said on our show that perhaps people had too high expectation of Melbourne this year. He almost hinted at the fact you might have overachieved. He mentioned you had a softer draw, you only beat two teams in the top eight, got Hawthorne and, and Geelong at a good time in the finals and that that was a view from the coaches as well. Is that the correct view? Because it really upset some of your supporters. Oh, there's, there's no question that last year, it certainly wasn't all roses. You know, we had to really work hard throughout the season to put ourselves in a position, you know, in round 22, we were still fighting to make the eight. So, um, in a in a following on from a season where we just missed. So, um, you know, we were still working out how we wanted to play. And certainly the back half of the year, we started to really resemble a, a team that was capable. You know, we were we were strong around the footy, and we had a great defensive system in play that um, we knew could challenge in finals. And um, you know, when we got there, we we managed to play a couple of really good games, and potentially we did overachieve in terms of where we're at just at that point. Um, but in saying that, you know, really we were really proud in, in terms of the development and the growth of our list and um, our performance. You know, it really started to come together, but. Um, that seems like a, a long way away now in terms of where that was to where we are today. But we also know that um, there's some things that we can get right um, from here on moving in that will have a, a really big change. But, you know, as I said, we've got some work to do. So when teams underachieve, as, as you have this year, we do get uncomfortably forensic in the media. And one, several reports about issues with Brendan McCartney and perhaps issues with some of your coaches and acrimony between coaches... And you having to manage that as well as everything else. Did that make it tougher for you this year? Yeah, I think some of those reports have been really unfair, Caro. You know, Brendan and I have had a really, really strong working relationship for a long time and that hasn't changed. So I'm not sure where those reports have come from, but that's just, that's just not factual. Um, Brendan McCartney and Craig Jennings, perhaps, and you having to manage issues between them. That was another report. Yeah, no, once again, it's just, it's just not factual. I've worked with those two for... A, a long time and um, you know they've been really close and they've done a, a great job for our footy club you know they've both been there for, for five years um, and came to the club and 
you know, we were really at the start of our, our journey to, to try and build a really strong footy club. So um, that's untrue, um, and, and I probably take a little bit of offence to that. But, you know, when, it, when people keep saying it, it sometimes becomes fact that, um, you know, obviously where we are now, um, we get a chance to just make some change right through our whole footy club um, and try and make a pathway moving forward. Simon, Jimmy Bartell here. Thanks for joining us. Uh, look, Caro touched on um, you know, Gary Pert's comments about the draw and you know, the fixture and all that sort of going forward. You've had a lot of injuries and there's sort of a lot of excuses there. It's a two-part question. Do you feel like maybe as a club that you've lent on those excuses a little bit too easily? And if so, what has been the major factor you feel like that has sort of let your season down? Yeah, it's... Uh interesting question Jimmy I think we all know the reality of footy is that um, you need to have a good summer you need to list healthy and fit to, to give yourself the best chance for success and uh, without question that's something that we, we didn't get right as a footy club um, you know we had some changes to the, to the pre-season obviously a later start with a lot of operations now you know we can say we've lent on that excuse but in the end it's a reality um, so that's something that we need to we need to get right this year um, Probably we also didn't get our method of play right. You know, it, um, clearly um, when people went and watched Melbourne, they used to see a, a really competitive, hard group of players that, um, you know, when they went, they saw that. They, they saw a method of play that they could identify with. Right now, you can't see that. So that's the work that we've got to do now moving forward. So we've got two things really that we've got to really fix up straight away is get out of this really fit, really healthy and really ready for the demands of the game. And we need to... Um, as a coaching group, develop a method of play that we know is going to be sustainable and we know is going to stand up in finals and we also know is going to be identifiable for you guys but also for our supporters. So um, we're going to go about doing that but we're also going about looking about what we can do. Um, you know, and I think it's really easy where we sit right now and everyone talking about what we can't do but we, we know we've got a group of players that we believe in and that are more than capable and we're going to have a look at what we can do. So without being overly brutal to you, how, how did you get it so wrong? How did you get your method of play so wrong? Yeah, well, you know, probably there's no question throughout the summer. Um, we probably tried to focus on too many little things um, in and around each phase of our game rather than really backing in the core essence of, of how we play our game. Um, you know, that's probably one thing that I reflect on, Karen, and reflection's a big part of learning. So for me, this has been a great learning in the time that we had available. Did we maximise what we had and... And did we get it right? And, you know, from where we finished, we didn't. So that, in the end, I take responsibility for that. Is one of those things overlooking the fundamentals of the game because your, your skill level across the board as a team has just dropped off dramatically? Yeah, it has, Lloydie. You know, we, you know, fundamentals certainly haven't been up to scratch. You know, we're, we're turning the ball over in some really poor situations and it's making it really difficult to defend. Um, so that's something that we're going to have to really work on. And that, that comes from, you know done those really match simulated drills too for, for long periods of time where you, you develop a calmness around you with the ball in hand, you, you can absorb pressure and um, your fundamentals stand up in that situation. Um, we've done it before, um, so we'll do it again. What about that your players had fat heads over after last year and that they probably thought they were going better than they were? What do you say to that? Oh, look, yeah, that's it's a really... Um, but that's just not right. You know, our players came back. They, they got a, a lot out of last year. Um, they played in a way that they deserved the praise, they deserved the accolade. But I think, no, no question, um, they're now a hurting playing group. 
um, that have really keen to try and do something about it now. Um, we can't do anything about it right now, um, but we're going to get our chance to do something about it, and our players will dictate that in the next uh, next period of our, our club, how we evolve. Do Max Gorn and Jordan Lewis play next week, Simon? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, they do. Yeah, Max has got a tight hamstring, so... Um, you know, he came off with 10 minutes to go. So we'll have a look at that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that one's going to be OK. Um, and Jordan got a kick in the shin, so, um, yeah, they'll both be available to play at this stage. Simon, when you finish a season like you do or have a season, do you have to be even more brutal look with a decision like Nathan Jones as well uh, to decide, do we go hard on the list and, and make some serious cuts about who is going to take us forward with that next premiership or the next big final we play in? I think you look at your list as a as a total about how you're going to get better. Um, but one thing we are mindful of, and one thing we're actually really proud of, is um, how we've we've been with our elder statesmen in the game. You know, Bernie Vince, Jordan Lewis, um, you know, Nathan Jones is is now one of those. You know, as a club, we've we've offered Nathan a contract. Um, I'm sure that'll get resolved pretty quickly. But we're not going to be brutal in that space. Yeah. Um, you know, it's um, it's really important of how you, you treat your older players um, and the legacy that you leave. And um, Nathan's been incredible for our footy club and, um, you know, we're looking forward to getting him back to his best. Just a bit further to Lloydie's question, as you said, a, a bit of the changes in the game style or trying to execute it the way that you, you said. Does that mean you need to go out and get someone to help you execute the, this game style or is it from within you think you can do it? In terms of what, so, Jim? so you, you want to play a different way or, or change the way you play? Do you need to bring players from other clubs in to help you play that way, or is it just as a, a better preseason you'll be able to do it? Oh, look, we've got I've got total faith in the current playing group in terms of what they're capable of. They've already proved that to me of, of where they can where they can go. Um, so we've we've got some work to do there. But there's no question. We'll look in the draft. We'll look at free agents. Look at trade. Um, to upskill ourselves in, in the phases that, of how we want to play. Um, now, when you, we don't want to be too critical of our list right now based on the fact that you can look at every area of the ground and say we've got some work to do. Um, so I'm sure our list management team, recruiting team are going about that. Um, we're not going to... What I'm saying about how we're going to play is we're going to actually come up with a, a method of play that's, that we know is going to stack up. And, we're going and to Alan Richardson, that. will Alan Richardson come on board? He's talking to him, is that right? Oh. Uh, Okay, we're talking a whole range of different people. Alan's one of those people, um, but he's, he's one of, of many that we're talking to in terms of um, you know getting some change in our footy club and uh, you know getting a, a freshness and a newness about how we go about our, our play. Simon, thank you for joining us. Tough night, tough day, and um, we wish you uh, blue skies ahead, such as we have here at the MCG today. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Simon Goodwin, coach of Melbourne Break, coming up. Jimmy, it's been a horribly tough week for you and for Nadia, and mm. even worse, it's been very public. How are you going? Uh, look, it, it's not great, but I'm probably not going to provide any sort of commentary on it. Um, look, I know I'm in the, the public eye. Uh, I get that, and people are interested, but it, it's a private matter, and I sort of ask for a bit of respect because, obviously, um, Nadia and the boys being involved, so um, probably not going to provide any, any commentary on it, but... I know I'm public, but I'm just sort of asking for a bit of respect and privacy. And will we continue to see you through the finals and yeah, you continue def- to maintain def- that public profile? Definitely, definitely. I still enjoy coming to work and I love working with everybody in football and I love the game, so I can't see why I wouldn't keep showing up to work. 
Well, we wish you all the best Thank from you. Team 3AW. We wish all of you all the best, Jimmy. Mm, and, um, yeah, tough time. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We still have uh, Brett Ratton, David Teague, and also John Nichols to talk about polypharmy. You'll hear it all here on 3AW Football Preview, brought to you by McDonald. Blowing early, blowing all game, really. So, still a bit unfit and a bit fat, but it's alright. Jack Stevens, still a bit fat, but uh, playing okay on his return for St Kilda. Welcome back, 3AW football from the MCG. The first leg of a triple header is Carlton versus St Kilda. It shapes as a cracker. David Teague is now formally the coach of the Carlton Football Club, appointed for three years. And the last man standing among the caretaker coaches is the former coach of Carlton, Brett Ratton, who's with Jackie Reid on the boundary. Well, Brett, speaking of Jack Stephen, you must have been thrilled with his return last week. Yeah, it was good. Uh, we were hoping he got three goals and he, he hit the mark there. But, um, yeah, it was just the way he went about it and his energy. And really for him to feel well about himself and get out there and play was the most important thing. And, yeah, maybe he wasn't quite right to, for that week. But for every you know minute that he played, he's going to be better for it this week. So uh, it's great to see him out there. I know you haven't been at Carlton for a while now, but it, does it feel a little bit weird coming up against them like this? No, not really. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've had now, this is seven years since I was the coach at Carlton, so you know, I only coached there for five, so um, yeah, there's a water under the bridge there. 370 odd games as a player and coach of the club, Brett, so just another day at the office? <laughs> oh yeah, oh, the colours are um, probably, uh, you know, um, yeah, they, you know, I've had a great association with the football club for a long time, Carlton Footy Club, and uh, I was there when I was 14 years of age playing in their development squad, so... Yeah, it was like it was home for me for a long period, but um, you know, times change and uh, move on and you know, um, really enjoying my time at the Saints. Right, Jimmy Bartell here. We yeah. heard you just uh, say about there about Jack. You know, he's just enjoying it and he's good to be out there. And I've heard you speak it's about relationships with players. Has that been the big change for you since your Carlton coaching stint to now caretaker coach? Uh, a little bit. I, I did work on it a fair bit. Um, if I was honest, um, which I will be, that's sort of my style anyway, um, probably my first year I was more about the strategies and the tactics as a coach to try and set a good platform up for the footy club and then probably got the feedback that I was more you know, worried about them as footballers and not people and uh, probably in year three, four and five I tried to change that a lot um, and it was really good feedback by the group so that helped me and you know that's something that footy's a people's game and uh, you've got to know the person so you know sometimes you might not have success but we're going to do it all together and that's the key for me. And then you went to Hawthorne and worked for very successful time under Alistair Clarkson. What did you learn from Alistair and the Hawthorne system from what you did at Carlton? that's made you a better coach now, which I presume you think you are. Yeah, well, uh, um, you know, I think I think all the uh, the coaches that you've worked with or even as a player, you try and take a little bit of everyone um, through your journey and trying to make you as the, the best coach you can. Al's innovation and, and what he does, you know, trying to push the boundaries in, um, you know, wh whether it's team defence or offence or just something there that the club can get a 1% advantage is just outstanding. And, you know, they call them the, the family club and there's no doubt about that. As a, as a whole football club, it's not just the footy, footy department, it's, you know, the administration upstairs and everything. What they do as a football club is so connected and uh, that's why they've been a great club for, you know, so long. I think it's... You know, in the last 54 years, it's nearly every three years they play in a grand final, which is just amazing. Have you have you actually presented for the St Kilda job yet, Brett? I've sat down and I've sat down um, 
uh, through the week and, and at times as well. I've opened the door to any meeting that we've got, match committee, uh, players meeting, um, anyone is welcome to come down. So your audition really goes for the whole six weeks and then there's parts to it that you have to go and present or talk and, and you go and do that. So um, that's an ongoing thing and it'll probably happen next week again or maybe even the week after. Hey, Brett, when you come in as caretaker though, can you put a percentage on... Uh, how hamstrung you are and, and how different things would be if you had the team full-time over pre-season, like different t- tactics that you could introduce that you can't do when you take over when you did? Yeah, there's probably a couple of things that you would change, maybe, but uh, across the board, you know, we've changed probably about 20%, whether it's meetings or players playing in a different spot or something like that, but it hasn't changed a, a heap. So you would change some things. Um, you know, it'd be great to have Dylan Robinson and Paddy McCartan running out there and gears and that as well, but that's the reality of it, and uh, you just get on with the job and do the best you can. But we haven't changed enormous, enormously. Um, we've just tinkered with it a bit. I think Matthew's got another one for you, but yep. are you aware that Jacob Wiedering is out of the Carlton team and I think Darcy Lang is in? Yeah, I just found out, so thanks for that, guys. <laughs> girls, yeah, that's well, that's a handy out, so that means Casbolt probably plays back. Hey, Brett, how do you explain when you took over? Uh, it seemed like you were, you were competitive in a lot of games under Richo, but just didn't find a way to score. Everything was hard work, but you found an ability to score, not so much last week. You got the 10 goals, but the way you scored against the Bulldogs and in your other win... Uh, how did you, were you able to do that to free the players up to score? Was that one of your main philosophies? Or? No, it was actually the other way, yeah. about defending better. Um, you know, the game scoring across the board hasn't really shots all around. Everyone's getting around 20 shots, 22 shots, 18 shots. Shots are not going up. They're all, all sitting around the, the same mark. So we had to defend for longer yeah. and defend, you know, in our, you know, if we could keep the ball in our front half, and that's been a big focus for us. Um, the, I reckon the offence has been a byproduct of yep. our team defence. Brett, across the course of a season, we interview quite a few coaches. It always seems to me that caretaker coaches are a bit more relaxed than the ones who are uh, under contract and they're not sure how long that's all going to last. Uh, is it different? Is, is it a real guide as to what it's like once you are the man? It is. Um, uh, it, it is. There's no doubt it's a guide, but uh, even when I've spoken to people at board level it's you know just because you get a win doesn't mean you're the person for the job um there's more to it than that and that's why you know it's so important to take your time and pick the right person because you know you're going to give someone a contract for three years and they're going to run your football department and you know they're the the key person that will influence so many people so these decisions are uh, really big and whether we you know the caretakers have got a bit more of a laid-back approach i think mine personally is I've gone through a lot in my life and footy is very important to me but it's not the be all or end all so I look at it and you know hopefully we get a win today and I'm, I'm hell-bent on getting a win today but um, you know it's just a small part of your life. So Brett why do we get get that spike then as Lloydie was touching on that you know performance and even the way the, the game is being played not only yourself we looked at North Melbourne there's a clear shift in the way they played Carlton who you're playing against and you know, more forward half press why, why is there a spike when you're already on the coaching staff, and I know Alan was coaching before. Why does it take the coach moving on for the big jolt? Um, I've answered this early, doors. I'm not sure if it's a couple of things. It's the different voice, um, and you know, I suppose the the media just banging down the door about the coach and putting the, everyone under pressure, and it becomes a bit restrictive for players, and they're always thinking about something else. And when that's removed, they get a little bit of freedom. Is it the players that are feeling guilty about not performing? And their career now is on the line. 
I'm not sure. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Um, you know, maybe the different voice, maybe the freedom of not having the expectation as high at the footy club um, on them because of the media and maybe the players themselves. We better let you get away and ponder the uh, absence of Jacob Wietering from the Blues lineup and the fact that Casbolt's likely to be down the back as you surmise. Brett, thanks for joining us. Great, thanks, thanks everyone. Brett Ratton, the caretaker Brett. coach at St Kilda, and I would think likely to, mm. before very long, be the coach. Because he, he, I'm on, I'm on yeah. Brett Ratton. I'd love, I'd love him to get the job. I think he deserves to get mm. the job. I don't look something dreadful might happen over the next two weeks, but he, he's done all he could have done and more. And Matthew. Experience just isn't rated highly enough, mm. I reckon, in AFL no. circles. Yeah, you're right. And I think uh, he's the most credentialed coach out there who's available. And it's interesting he said a win doesn't necessarily mean you're the right man for the job. But deep down, he must say, we're playing Carlton this week and we're playing the Swans next week. Win those two, I'm home. They home. couldn't go past him, could they? No. Uh, let's get to the Nick Theodosi Prestige Cars open line. Pauline and uh, Neil have been waiting for quite some time. Pauline, thanks for hanging on. Oh, that's OK. Um, I'm a Melbourne supporter and I've followed them since the 50s when they were up there winning all the premierships and I still love my footy team as much today as I did back then and out of all the coaches we've ever had, Simon Goodwin's my favourite. Out of all of them? That's a terrific endorsement, Pauline. What do you think's gone wrong under him this year? Well, I think... Um, some of them were underdone over the summer, not getting enough um, match, you know, fitness in. And we've had a lot of injuries. And we don't have the depth like teams like Richmond and Collingwood um, to cover those injuries. And you've got him ahead of Norm Smith in terms of Pauline's favourites. Oh, Simon Goodwin... Is definitely my favourite. That's yep. t- terrific, Pauline. Neil Danaher did a pretty mm. fair job mm. with a club that was underfunded and under-resourced, but anyway. Yeah, oh, well, Barmy? these things are all very personal. Pauline, thanks for your call. Neil from Geelong. Oh, hi, thanks for uh, having me on your program. Um, I've got several things I want to talk to you. I could talk to you for hours, but I'm not going to. Um, management of injuries. Um, I think Melbourne, the last two to three years, have had lots of injuries. Um, and uh, I just don't see And they play with injuries as well. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, your comment was made earlier by one of your commentators about teams at the right time. There's an old philosophy in football. You only play as good as your opponent lets you play. And I thought it made Geelong look very ordinary. And we kept, Well, that was a comment made by your CEO. That was well, a comment made by your CEO last week. Yeah, on this fair show. enough. And, you, uh, um, and then we, we got to fourth on their little chip and pass game. So, um, but I'm, I'm the opposite to Pauline. I, I think he's a very ordinary coach. He has no plan B. Um, and I think that they need to sort of have a real good hard look. They've got six or seven players that are not AFL standard. Um, I'm, I'm probably a little bit ruthless, but um, I study the game a bit. I umpire and enjoy umpiring. So, uh, and I thought the selection of teams in the last game, they, were too, they took in all shorts. Well, Neil, what I liked, though, today was that he took responsibility, mm. didn't he, Matthew? For, he, he said, I, I got it wrong mm. and I made mistakes. But he also made it clear that he thinks he's the person to take them forward. So I don't think he could have really said much more. At least he acknowledged and didn't continue on the excuse yeah. train. 
We've got to get to a break. We're going to take more calls on the other side of this in YYY, 96900 693 or 13 13 32. The open line thanks to Nick Theodosi, Prestige Cars, and Big John Nichols, the giant of Carlton's history uh, in the second half of the 20th century, is going to join us to talk about his great rivalry and those great contests of yesteryear with the late Polly Farmer, who died... On Wednesday and the day before that, Big Nick turned 80 years of age. Once were Warriors still to come on 3AW Football, brought to you by McDonald's. Why, why, why? For Winston, with a why. Tom Jones sang at the grand final two or three years ago. Maybe we should get Homer Simpson out to uh, do a bit of a Tom <laughs> Jones be better package than the loaf. on grand final day. It's YYY time for Winston with a Y and to the best caller, a $100 voucher to Platform 28 alongside Marvel Stadium in Docklands. 96900 693 or 131332. Caro has mainly been the judge in recent times. Lloydie, just so she doesn't feel as though she has a monopoly on the job, I'm appointing you today on your return yes, you. as a permanent on Saturday <laughs> football. What happened to me, Tim? You've done a couple, haven't Swanning you? Swanning off yeah. footy coaching, yeah. he comes back for one show and he gets and, the gig. Uh, premiership coach again, Karen. <laughs> 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 Correct title, please. Yeah, so I deserve, I deserve. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, in that case, okay. I'm going to open the okay. batting. Jimmy Bartell, why, why, why is Wayne Campbell being rumoured to leaving mm. the club and has mm. apparently fallen out with players at GWS and is Jay Bartell going to be the man to replace him, <laughs> no. as has been rumoured this week? Uh, rumoured, yeah. First and flatly, no, I'm not going to be replacing him. Um, Wayne Campbell is contracted there to the end of next year. Um, I, th- I think this just comes with the Giants. Whenever they have a bad loss, and it was a really bad loss last Friday night, the snow game as they're calling it, whenever there's a bad loss, the, the heat comes for the Giants. So they've had two good wins, you know, one point, couple of points. There's no- nothing wrong with Wayne Campbell and Leon Cameron. I feel, I feel the heat's being built up over the Canelio impending yeah, departure. I get that. And there's a lot of focus, you know, player departures. And I think that's where why the heat is on Wayne Campbell because players have left and the Canelio situation. But if it wasn't, if that wasn't going on, the, the heat gets dialed up on Leon Cameron and his coaching. So it just seems like if the Giants lose, we need to pick someone off. So that story's incorrect then about yeah, Wayne Campbell? Wayne Campbell is contracted until the end of next year. Okay. He's the footy man. I'm not so sure. Anyway, mm. Jimmy's in the hot seat Ooh. as a board member with Ooh. GWS. I'm and, conflicted. Uh, we'll get to the <laughs> Cornelio issue and uh, yeah. Gil McLaughlin's comment shortly and oh, have another okay. punch up with him. <laughs> but uh, let's get to Ray from Mod Albert. Welcome, Ray. Good afternoon, people. Why, why, why do you guys in the media have Geelong as the perennial darlings every year? Geelong this year and last year are the greatest underperformances, and I don't know why Chris Scott has still got a job. You look at the bye, since the bye, Geelong has lost 4-1-4, Collingwood's lost 4-1-4, Collingwood's got no teams, 12 players with injuries, Geelong have got all their superstars, Dangerfield, Kelly, Selwood, Hawkins, everybody, you guys never, ever, ever criticise Chris Scott. I can tell you they're going to lose this week and they're going to finish third on the ladder and they're going to end up playing Brisbane in the first final again and lose. And you guys will still consider them the darlings. Why, why, why? Tim, you've got to play Ray's call tomorrow after they get beaten by Brisbane. Yeah. But I think we'll talk about him a lot during the finals, Ray. I don't think you can say much about a, 
a, a guy that's been on top of the ladder all year, but I think come finals time, he will be under serious pressure yeah. if they don't perform. I, I agree with that, with yeah. the person who's got a pair of Geelong jocks at home. And, you know, they're, they're, one of, they're my team, yeah, yeah, of course, along with the Giants. But that's it, Lloydy. I think yeah. that you can only judge Geelong mm. until they get to the finals. Yes. We know they, they're going to keep making it. I think that's why they do get a free pass, as our mm. caller thinks, is um, because they keep performing. You, you can have a form rut, but... Yeah. What a good place to have it on top mm. of the ladder. They're still still number two for attack and number one for defence. Yeah. This season's going along okay. Do you use those jocks as a feather du- as a feather <laughs> as a duster these days? Yeah, pretty much. Right. <laughs> Ray, thank you. It was a good start and you're the clubhouse leader. That was leader. a really unnecessary question, but go on to Steve <laughs> from Bandura. <laughs> Good guys. Caroline. Steve, go ahead. Caroline, you're yes, probably Steve. too young to remember this, but about 40 years ago on World of Sport, there was a segment called What's Your Decision, where the umpires... I remember it. Up. Yeah, I remember don't it. Don't admit that. Um, and they fronted up to give them various reasons for their decision. Why, why, why can't there be a similar segment on any of the sports shows, TV or radio, where an umpire appears live and gives an insight into the, his interpretation of the rules? Well, Razor Ray turned up during the week and he he actually acknowledged that he got a bit caught up in his own ego. um, Pretty impressive acknowledgement. I reckon it was terrific, wasn't it? No, I I think that's a good idea. I think there's a new broom sweeping through AFL HQ come September and there will be, in terms of the media management, I think it's been obsessively shut down and it came back and bit them many times. Once they they stayed silent over Adam Goods, and as we learned again today in that lovely article by your daughter Sam Tim, you know he felt totally let down by the AFL, and I think the people have been badly advised at the AFL about shutting down too many things, and maybe it'll change when Brian Walsh takes over. Steve, good stuff though. Ben from Werribee is next in Why 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 for Winston with a Y. Yeah, this is a Geelong bash. All Victorian clubs lost their own grand years ago. Why did Geelong think they're better and still should have one? Well, they didn't actually lose their home ground. They did a very good job. They rebuilt themselves as a footy club and they now get nine home games there and make a lot of money Mm. out of doing so. And it's been a great tribute to them. But I'm glad that finally the AFL shut down any prospect of a final there. And I know that GWS is an outlier in terms of when they get a final, how can you justify not playing it at the SCG? I think it's apples and oranges, Tim. And also Geelong's in Geelong. It's, It's not a suburb of Melbourne. It's a different city. No, but the MCG is a home ground yeah. that it plays on. Yeah, it does. But I'm talking about the nine home games. Yeah, I, I get the whole finals thing. And Carrie, you and I have spoken about this a lot. Look, just make it clear, so then we don't have to have the conversation at round ten every single year when Geelong look like playing finals. So when that road between Melbourne and Geelong becomes entirely residential and Geelong is effectively <laughs> a suburb of Melbourne, will things change? Uh, we'll have that discussion when, when that happens, and, Tim. And okay. Jim, I know you won three flags yeah. here at the MCG, but do you think it affects Geelong come finals time now, if you're not yeah, as strong? It's but, a good question, Lordy, mm-hmm. and I think it's more the style of footy they play. Look, um, We were able to adjust. We love playing at the mm-hmm. MCG, but I don't think the Geelong sides of recent times has been as strong and dominant yeah. to be able to play anywhere. I think that old Geelong side could play Anywhere, and they were pretty strong. Got to get to a break. More calls. Anna, David, Andrew, hold the line. 96900693 or 13, 13.32 to be a part of YYY. And uh, not far away, Big John Nichols to talk about his great rival, the late Polly Farmer. You'll hear it all here on 3AW Football, brought to you by McDonald's. 
you Nick got there. yourself in trouble because you said you want him to stay there. Now, you can't do that. I am I'm a, told. I'm a, uh, I've, I've said that about all players. I'm a bit of a romantic, and I love people staying at one club players, and it was a personal opinion. The players have got to make decisions they want to make now and go where they want to go. I was asked a personal view, and I'm a romantic. Would you be disappointed if Canelio left, which it's beginning to look like could happen? Yeah, I would. I Certainly, my advice is that's not a given. Um, I think he's a, um, a star player, and I know he's a leader of that club, and I, I know him a bit personally. I think he's a fabulous person, and I'd, I'd, I'll be explicit. I want him, I'd love him to stay up there. Would you tell him that? I just told him. Welcome back. YYY continues on 3AW Football Preview. Um, we just heard Gillan McLaughlin first with Neil Mitchell yesterday. Prior to that with Caroline Wilson on Sports Day on Tuesday. Why did he imagine that your question was inviting a personal opinion, Caro? You were interviewing the CEO of the AFL, surely. Um, oh, look... Well, I guess you can have personal opinions when you ask things publicly, and I think it was more than a personal opinion. I think as the AFL CEO, and I'm, I can't speak for Gillen, he wants GWS to keep Stephen Canelio. And it's, not, it's a personal opinion, but it's also his opinion as a guy running the AFL who wants GWS to have success. But he has said it about other players, and he's showed support for other clubs at other times. So it's not unprecedented. Would he be calling Stephen Canelio personally, though, and saying, Steve, you know, here's some other opportunities, or just talking about how he would like him to stay, which probably wouldn't happen for, say, a Stephen May, or, or maybe May's the well, wrong case because he was at the Suns. He flew but... up to Brisbane, didn't he, two, three years ago, mm. and or the year that they um, that Lepich went and they appointed Chris Fagan, and he spoke to the whole playing group. Yeah. And, well, pleaded is probably mm. too strong, but he outlined a series of measures that the AFL were going to do to support Brisbane and why Brisbane was a, a good bet and a safe bet and why they should stay. Jimmy, you were dismissive of this as an issue. You have oh. a conflict of interest because yes. you're a GWS yeah, board member. But aren't Carlton and Hawthorne in particular entitled to ring the CEO and say, hang on, you're meant to represent all of our interests as clubs even-handedly? And this wasn't doing that. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that and Carlton and Hawthorne are quite entitled to, to make their pitches to Steve Cornelio and his management and everything like that. I I know I'm conflicted and if I agree with Gil, well then my comments go you know down that conflicted path, but I just addressed when I got asked about it what I thought Gil McLaughlin's comments were and I, I thought, Caro, and I took them as you asked him a personal opinion question. And that's how I took it. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a personal question. Yeah, I, I know. It, it and you was saw a question it. of the CEO of yeah, the AFL. Well, there, I did ask him a lot of personal yeah. questions in that interview. So to that, be fair, there was se- about yeah. his brother. Well, that one about didn't his, sound like a about per- inviting a personal Yeah, but Look, I, I listened to the whole whole interview because I wanted to know what the context was. So I, I listened to it, and that's how I took it. And I get did a pretty good job, Dwayne and I, didn't we? Oh, you're a fantastic job. Tune in. <laughs> well, what days you on so we can pump it up? Tuesday. Tuesday. No, no, Tim. I would only the only thing I would say to Gillen is if you're such a romantic. Dis any idea of this shocking mid-season trade period, which I think will destroy such a very fabric, a, a very important fabric of the game, which is club loyalty at least during the season from mm. beginning to end. But I, I, could, I understand how it would be seen, like you said, and I reckon most people would, but I'm just saying the way I listen to it, and not because of the Giants thing, I like to hear from Gil McLaughlin. When we don't hear from him, we complain, but when we do, we bonk him on the head. Well, he's he's walks the fine line. Yeah, he, he does. I would agree skilled. with that. He has to be skilled enough to be able to walk it mm. in a way which doesn't invite mm. this sort of questioning. But, but really, what what he said, if if Carlton and Hawthorne think what he said affects their ability to try and 
how we'll try and sign Steve Cornelio. I don't think Steve Cornelio is really going to be no disrespect towards Caro's interview with him. <laughs> no. I, I don't think Steve Cornelio is going to be sitting with his manager, Tom Petrora, and going, oh, look, I've got to re-sign now. It could. I mean, if it's a 50-50 decision yeah, for him. Oh, like that, him. Something no, like that could no, weigh in. No, no. no Let's not at all. press on with YYY. David <laughs> I think joins us. more than one person conflicted in this conversation. <laughs> uh, not at all. Yes. I think, I, you've got your Carlton <laughs> napkin out. You're trying to move the ladder. <laughs> no, no. I, we hear what you're saying. Yes, I, I, David, I David from Glen Waverley, you're next. Why, 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 Winston? Who, me? Yeah. Uh, why, why, why <laughs> to the uh, to the medicos of the AFL of how to prevent uh, uh, concussions and knee injuries? Now, I can't see why all players of the AFL can't wear light-weighted headgear and also, like, knee padding, like they do with, when they do rollerblading. Doc yeah. Larkins will say that uh, headgear, there's no nothing, Jimmy, that yeah. says that uh, you've been through a lot of concussions. Well, I wore a headgear yeah. for a good two years of my yeah. junior football career. There is, uh, Sorry to cut you off, Lordy, but you are right. You're going down the path. There's actually no overwhelming proof at the moment that headgear prevents concussions. It prevents abrasions to the head, which can lead to concussions. Yeah. And yeah. knee pads aren't going to help ACL injuries. David, uh, thanks for having a crack. Andrew from Hawthorne, you're our last caller. Thanks, guys. Uh, 50-year, long-suffering Melbourne supporter. Why, why, why does the media in particular think that Paul Ruse did a great job of coaching Melbourne, given where we're at now? Well, as I'll, I'll answer that question first. He, he changed the image of that football club by the very nature of going over and taking over. Um, financially, it was a massive win for them in terms of membership. Um, I think he built up a defensive layer in that team that, you know, even held them in good stead last year, Matthew. Um, obviously, they didn't have any significant success under Paul Roos, but before Paul Roos went to Melbourne, they were irrelevant. Yeah, all right. And the winner, Tim? Yes, Lloyd. Is Steve from Bandura. I loved his point about umpiring decisions, and if we could have a little program clarifying, like Razor Ray did last week, I think people would love that. Yep, terrific. Good call, Steve. And thanks to uh, all our callers. Uh, Steve, it was. Steve, yeah. Uh, yeah. Give us a call back Steve. to arrange to collect your $100 voucher to Platform 28 alongside Marvel Stadium in Docklands. That was YYY for another week. Coming to you for Winston with a Y. It is time to pay tribute to the late and great Polly Farmer. Polly Farmer, the big cat and Ruckman extraordinaire. He has inspired so many people in the game and made such a contribution, uh, you know, from here to across the Nullarbor. Bradley Smith, Bill Dempsey, Farmer Beautiful leap at the right second there to bring that one in. Graham Farmer is the only footballer that I have seen that has made an original contribution to Australian rules football. There's the torpedo oh. punt kick. Have a look at it. Right through the middle again. I had great affection for him. I revered him. I know this sounds a bit uh, hokey, but uh, he was uh, my great inspiration in my football life and almost my life. Keep going. Polly Farmer down there, Bob. There and what a great tribute to this great player. Graham Polly Farmer Become from over west Yes, Polly Farmer died on Wednesday.
at the age of 84. We're going to speak in just a moment to John Nichols, who turned 80 the day before. And, of course, uh, the contest between Farmer and Nichols were one of the great football highlights of the 1960s. But I just want to comment on Sam Newman's uh, contribution to that little package. I remember him when the centenary of Australian football was celebrated in 1996. The big documentary was made. In a very simple way, he said words to the effect of, you only had to watch him, and I did for long periods on the training track, to see how the game was meant to be played. Mm. Very simple way of expressing it, but uh, I think a very effective piece of imagery. But Big John Nichols joins us on 3AW Football. Nick, great to have you with us, and uh, happy 80th for last Tuesday. Uh, we trust you enjoyed the day. Uh, I want to ask you, though, about Polly, and uh, I want to ask you, first of all, how different was he and the contest you had with him uh, from other Ruckman and the contests you had with them? Yeah, hi, Tim. Good to talk to you again. Look, um, you know, Polly was unique when he... I think I first played against him in state sides in uh, in the late fifties, but when he came over, you know, early sixties, we uh, he had a unique style. In as much as yes, he used to jump early, and in those days, uh, the modern the ruckman of the fifties and sixties were didn't didn't have that little trick, and it was something that uh, it was unique. Um, six foot three, he, he was a teetotaler very fit all the time. I know when he came to Geelong, he was in the gym several days a week and practising handball and he's just a um, what I call the, the, the great uh, classic champions from West Australia, Polly Farmer and Barry Cable they, uh, they were ultimate professionals but uh, Polly was uh, I think I, I certainly learned a lot from him but um, you, you knew very well at centre bounces if you if you let him have first jump at you you were gone, he would be, he'd be up there and he'd be, he'd be planting his knee in you and so, I mean, I, I, he taught me the fact that if I was going to compete with him, I had to play him in his own game, and that's sort of jumping early too. So, you know, quite often in those days, uh, uh, we would jump and neither of us would get the ball because the ball would come down between us. I think probably over all those years, Tim, there's only been one constant, the fact that uh, no umpire ever in my 60-odd years knew how to umpire ruck work properly. And they, they didn't then, they still don't. So, uh, you know, it was just, but he was unique. Are they better or worse at it today than they were back then? Just as bad as they were then. They've been the same all the time. <laughs> so they were pretty willing contests you had with Polly. I've, I found a quote in Steve Hawke's biography of Polly. Uh, attributed to you. I used to regard him as a better player, probably more skilled than I was, so I really had to dish it up to him. We used to play it very hard. We quite often had blood noses and things due to jumping early and using our arms. Well, that's probably a bit exaggerated, but certainly uh, when you, you know, no matter what sport you're playing, you're playing our tough sport, probably the hardest thing I learned over all my careers was uh, ruck work is, uh, is not for faint-hearted. And as I said, you played with Polly... Uh, we would jump into each other probably at centre bounces where uh, boundary throw-ins, uh, that, that journalist wasn't right. At boundary throw-ins, we jumped, and you only got to look at the photos of Polly Farmer and I in ruck jewels. We are jumping, and we're high off the ground, um, whereas a lot, a lot to, in the last 10, 20 years, a lot of ruckmen want to wrestle at boundary throw-ins. Well, there's the um, famous photo, of course, of the two of you in flight, and uh, the back of your right elbow just happens <laughs> to be very close to his chin. No, probably just keeping, uh, keeping him out of position, probably, Tim. <laughs> yeah. uh, John, Matthew Lloyd here, great talking to you. Just want to ask you about Polly the person. Did he have 
much to say on the field here? Did he verbal you at all? What was he like? No, no, he didn't. Uh, I mean, I didn't speak much. Polly didn't speak much, but probably in the last 50 odd years, we've been good friends. And the last, uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, 10 years or so, he's been been ill and hasn't travelled. And you know, he was a he was a, a, a great friend of mine. I regard. We, we were competitors that were, were good friends, and uh, mm. I know that uh, his lovely he lost his lovely wife two or three years ago, and that sort of. Uh, didn't help him, and I've been there and done that, so it's a, it's a sad time. But no, he was, uh, as I said, he, in, in those days, uh, Lloydie, uh, the only blokes who basically, uh, you know, on the field, uh, actions speak louder than words. So we never worried about people wanting to, yeah. you know, to talk to you and yap at you and all this yeah. sort of stuff. We just get on with the business. John, Jimmy Bartell here. I just want to ask, um, being a, a old Cats man myself, that you walk in the doors and there's photos of Polly everywhere, but also a lot of photos with that great combination with Goggin. What was it like seeing that up close? Oh, well, Billy was, uh, Billy was a great rover. I mean, I, I've always said basically uh, that probably Skilton was the best uh, rover I've seen, but Billy was so, so, so close to, you know, to the greatest, and, and Polly made it so much easier for him, particularly when he was able to to jump early and take the ball, you know, take the ball and then handball 10, 20, 30 yards. And Billy was, uh, you know, Billy was, it made Billy a, a much better player and he was a great user of the ball and a, a great runner. But Polly was the one that uh, probably started that, that brilliant handball off. And as I said, the, 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 his main trick early was the fact that he was, uh, he, he learnt that little trick how to jump early and the umpires loved him for doing it and let him get away with it. But once you... I found that once I matched him in doing it, I could match him in in those areas. But no, he was uh, he was a pioneer and a great uh, uh, on the field, a great gentleman. I think he got reported once when someone really annoyed him. But uh, no, he was a very very fair player. And he was a proud Indigenous man, John, um, in later life. But at the time he was playing at Geelong, was was that an issue for him? Did did people identify with him as Indigenous and did he have to put up with any stuff on the footy field? No, no, I don't think so, Caroline. I mean, look, this has been highlighted in the last, you know, year or so, particularly with the, with the Adam Goods uh, saga. Um, but look, through all my uh, through all my career, and I can remember going back and being told by, no relation to me, but uh, Douglas Nichols was uh, on the wing with Fitzroy, where I think in those days he was... Uh, he may have been had racist comments, but through all my days of playing with Sid Jacksons and these sort of guys and Polly and Barry Cable, in, in those days I don't I, I don't know anything racist that ha- happened. I mean, over the fence perhaps, but on the on the field, I never heard anything. And I didn't I wasn't aware that Polly was you know worried or conscious about it. And I'm sure Barry Cable wasn't. Um, I should I should say, John, before we let you go, that Mike Sheehan had you at number seven and Polly at number eight in his best players that he had seen, which is a great compliment. You see, Mike Sheehan is one of of those typical journalists that doesn't appreciate ruck work. (laughs) (laughs) I I want to ask you before we let you go about David Teague. There are queues outside the MCG as we stand here today. The crowds are coming back to watch the Carlton Football Club. Are you happy with the appointment? Uh, Extremely happy. And, uh, I mean, there's two or three things. I mean... We haven't. Uh, I mean, the first three games we should have won this year, you know, which would, would have made our results even better. But the vibes around the club in the last couple of years, through probably good management and, and good, good, good areas uh, off the field and so on, uh, when, when Tiggy was has taken over the 
we're loose the shackles and, and the players are playing so well. And I think that uh, uh, I, I would have been very, very surprised if he didn't get the job. I mean, uh, some of the alternatives tossed up, you know, as far as I'm concerned, weren't any, nearly as good as him. And uh, he deserves a job and he'll do a good job at it. John, uh, hopefully a new start for your great old club. Terrific to have a chat with you today about that, but uh, in particular about the Thank passing of Polly Farmer. Thank you, Tim, and uh, your club also, I know, mate. Good on you, mate. <laughs> good. good to chat. John Nichols, uh, champion of Carlton, of course, uh, probably the club's greatest champion. And that rivalry, I'd love to spend more time on it. We've got to get to a break, but uh, they don't build them like that these days. Kerry and Jakovic was probably mm. the last of the really great ones where you, you look forward to them all week. And uh, often they were standoffs, and such was the case, I think, on many occasions with Farmer and Nichols. We were talking David Teague. We're going to be talking to him in just a moment, but we've got to take a break. 3RW Football brought to you by McDonald's. And right now you can grab a small cheeseburger meal with your choice of pie for just four dollars only at Macca's. Definitely the decision that we've made um, is, is a lot of it is all based on the skill sets that David brings. Uh, you know it's not a, just a popularity contest he brings a lot to this football club and we're excited about what he brings to this football club. We're excited that you know we've made a popular decision obviously but there is a lot to David than just being a popular person. There's a number of coaches and prospective coaches on that and, and as we went through the process and, and spoke to a number of them um, and, and obviously had the opportunity to continue to assess David's performance we just got to the end and thought uh, categorically we had the right person here. To get this opportunity now I'm, I'm, I'm really excited, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I said to the players and I said to our supporters I really believe in this playing group, I believe in the direction the football club's going, that the, the people uh, in charge at the moment. I, I think we're all very, very aligned and uh, I'm just excited at the opportunity. That's an express train, this Teague train. Let's get down very quickly to the new Carlton coach, having heard the announcement earlier in the week from Mark LaDudice, Kane Little and uh, the man himself now the coach of Carlton. He's standing alongside Jackie Reed. Well, it's your first official game as the coach and you've already had to make a late change. How late did you leave that one with Jacob Weedering coming out? Yeah, Jacob hurt himself on Thursday. Uh, it wasn't a major one, so we're hoping he got up, but unfortunately he wasn't, uh, he wasn't in a position to play today. Is that the season over, do you think, for Jacob? No, nah, he was hoping to play today, so I'm presume we haven't really gone into details, but I think he should be right for next week if everything goes well. Hey, David, Matthew Lloyd here. Congratulations uh, on the appointment. Uh, firstly, the joys of being a senior coach would be telling someone they're playing their first game, but what's it like when you have to tell someone uh, their services are no longer required or you're not going to go with them next year? Have you had to play a role in you know, the Dale Thomas decision throughout the week? Uh, yeah, I've had a, a small role. I probably the decision was probably made before I knew I was officially the coach. So, um, look, it's not it's not great. You're right. The uh, the biggest joys are, are the moments where you do get to tell someone uh, they're getting their first chance. But um, yeah, it's it's really hard because uh, you see the way they go about it and Daisy's form and, and effort this year has been outstanding. When you first were told, how, can you explain how it came about when you're first told that you were going to be the new senior coach? Yeah, they tried to. Uh, they did a bit of a sneaky on me and told me I was coming in to film a clip for. Uh, Cripper, so yep. they mocked me up as if I was uh, was talking about Cripper. But in the end, I learned pretty quickly when I saw Mark, Brad, and Kane in their uh, in their suits and their pins on. I thought, uh, looks like uh, something exciting he might be having. David, Jimmy Bartel here. Congratulations on the official title. Now eight interviews. Um, 
That's a that's a lot. Who is the most interesting one? <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting one. I felt like a lot more than eight when it uh, when you went through them all. But uh, oh no, they're all different, and that was what I enjoyed actually. They they all came from their own own point of view, and uh, especially when they were the individual ones, and then the group ones were a bit a bit more formality. But um, no, look, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was pretty easy because it was just talking about what I do and and how I'd go about things, and uh, the interview process was was made feel pretty natural. And um, alternatively, you gave good news to one of the great, one of the great players. I think of the Carlton Football Club in Cade Simpson. That must have been a very enjoyable task. I haven't gave him any good news yet, but uh, it looks like that's going to happen. So, uh, oh. um, yeah, no, it's uh, it is very exciting for him and uh, his form. And uh, I'll be honest, I, I wasn't sure halfway through the year um, where he was at. And then since I've taken over, in terms of the role, the way he's executed his role, he, he's been outstanding. So I, I can't see why he can't uh, be a really important player for us again next year. David, you're not the most outwardly you know, person in terms of, you know, you're a reserve type of person. How are you handling all these media requests uh, that you have to do as a senior coach now? Is it's, that, yeah. it's, it's been a busy week. Yeah. Um, this week, but as a whole, it's not too bad. Very lucky at West Coast and Adelaide, you do get a fair bit as an assistant coach. Um, there's obviously a high demand, so you have to do a few, but uh, it's just managing your time, making sure that uh, got enough time to, to get my job done is probably the, the, the priority. I want to make sure the players are prepared and ready to go, and uh, that's that's what excites me game day. Have you had any surprises in your eight weeks as being the main man, and has that role blindsided you in any way? No, I wouldn't say there's too many surprises. Um, I've actually found it easier um, being the main man, particularly around messaging, because because you're sort of in control and you can you can do it your way, which is has been really good. But at times when you're an assistant coach, you're sort of double guessing yourself: am I saying the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Where I don't have to worry about that anymore. So I've enjoyed that side of things. What about the enjoyment of coaching a player like Patrick Cripps, who does in fact play his hundredth game today? Yeah, look, uh, I love coaching them all, but uh, Paddy's obviously an outstanding player. Um, he's been a great leader. It's been a tough year for him with everything that's gone on. I think him and, and Sam Doherty have, have wore a fair bit of that as, as the captains of this football club. So I'm really hoping today he can have a good day. He, he really enjoys playing playing football, and, that, and that's where he's at his best. So I hope he has fun out there today and he can win a bit of the ball and play his role for the side. And without asking you to make the call now, are you a co-captain's man? Oh, look, right now I probably won't be changing too much. I think the way those two go, they're very different and uh, I think they bring different skill sets. So uh, the way it's worked so far, I know um, Sam hasn't really been out there, but the way it's worked so far, I can't see myself uh, changing anything. Not that I really thought too much into that one. Speaking of changing things, uh, Tegi, you sort of touched on a bit. Now you are the big dog, the coach. Do you actually find yourself coaching less? Yes. Yeah, there's probably less hands-on with the players, which I miss. Um, that's my favourite bit when you actually sit down and work with a player. So I want to make sure I can continue that. I think that's one of my strengths as a coach. So um, still being hands-on with the players is, is something I'm going to focus on going forward. But it's, it's just spread across a lot more. It's probably not as in-depth. It's probably more little littler key points and, and making sure that I can get the best out of them all. And just before you go, your two biggest defenders both out, uh, Liam Jones and now Jacob Wiedering, a late withdrawal. Um, can you cover that? I hope so. Um, yeah, Levi's going back. So Levi was outstanding for when they were uh, down early in the year. We knew we knew Liam was out at the start of the week. So um, we prepared Levi to go back, but the Jacob one's uh, sort of thrown a spanner in the works. But Lockie Plowman played tall on Jack Darling against West Coast, so we're hoping he can do that again this week. Good luck, David. Uh, congratulations from all of us, and um, um, we look forward to watching you against the Saints today. 
thanks a lot. Appreciate all the support. David Teague, the coach of Carlton. And speaking of the Teague train, the big man who came to the football by it is going to uh, join us very, very shortly. <laughs> How do you feel about the appointment, Tim? Yes. Oh, well, I think it's it seems to have had uh, an uplifting and really unifying effect mm. on the football club. It's been quite extraordinary. I mean, my only... Um, my only sort of reservation on it is that when I went looking last week for the last time Carlton had a run of form like this, I found it in the first half season of Brendan Bolton's tenure when they won six out of seven. And I think it does serve as a bit of a a warning that what happens under um, a, a, a caretaker coach who suddenly is installed can be, hmm. um, you know, a, a little bit of an illusion are you it often is are you concerned at all with this standing applauses everywhere he goes the the hashtags you, you you're sort of setting him up a little bit look it I, I feel as though the process wasn't as rigorous as they're saying i'm being brutal here um i, I think that they had a real crack at alistair clarkson that wasn't going to happen they inquired about damien hardwick they obviously spoke to michael voss and they did put him through a, a lot of interviews but you do feel that this was driven a lot by past players, members and supporters but and sponsors. But so was Paul Roos. And that was one of the great successes of the Sydney but Football Club. who else Club. was out there, Caro? Well, so, well there were so Scott, many. Brett, Brett, but uh, there's, there's more to that, I think. Uh, they, so, didn't, know, they didn't talk to Brad Scott. Yeah, yeah but you, you have to find out why. Oh, I don't think mm. they thought that... Mm. They wanted to talk to. I mean, you said months ago on Footy Classified, you didn't yeah. think he'd necessarily he should be hmm. a lay down right. to get a job, and I think you'll be proven yeah. to be right. Hmm. What does Brad Scott provide that David Teague doesn't? I'm not saying they yeah. should have spoken hmm. to Brad Scott, but there, there are very good assistant hmm. coaches around the AFL. But you're going another assistant coach against David Teague. Who, but why wouldn't you at least look, Matthew? What I'm saying is they've got someone who they think is better. That you're going off a PowerPoint. A bloke listening to a PowerPoint versus yep. a guy who's coached for eight weeks and they've seen in their system. So I don't see how appointing another assistant coach, you can go past David Teague. You're wasting your time. No, no, I, yeah. I, I accept that. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying it's a bad mm. decision, but I do think he needs help, as I feel yeah. about And I, I know they're looking pretty mm. thoroughly on getting a pretty experienced assistant mm. to come in and help him. I think uh, one thing that can be said with certainty is that David Teague has handled himself superbly through this and that has played a part. I think every oh, he's time he's opened his impressive. mouth, he, uh, he has been impressive. Must take a break. Big tone after this. This is 3AW Football, brought to you by McDonald's. Park, I hear a teak. No, it's not a teak train. It's a tone train. Welcome back on 3AW Football. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Tone's Twist. We've had a full pre-match tone. Let's yes. get straight down to business. Welcome. Yeah, uh, the uh, twist is brought to you every week by Yarra Valley and Croydon Toyota. If you're thinking car finance, think Yarra Valley and Croydon Toyota. Danny out there at Yarra Valley, and uh, it is uh, one of the great, in fact, one of the best resellers of new and used Toyotas right across Australia at Yarra Valley and Croydon Toyota. Uh, now, not too often should you should take uh, issue with a caller. Because I think, you know, they can talk to each other, but I think when the kind of the commentators does, I don't think that's fair pull. But I can't let a comment go unnoticed when I heard of the combatants, one saying how much they loved 
the work of um, the current Melbourne coach, Simon Goodwin, and another person wanted to disagree. And the reason they wanted to disagree was is that Simon Goodwin has no plan B. <laughs> so I have to go to you, Tim. There's only one person that's ever been accused of having no plan B. His name is? Jim from Hawthorne on Finey's final siren one night. And he said, told everyone, I'll tell you what's wrong with Alistair Clarkson. <laughs> and what did uh, he say? And Finey said, yeah, what's that? What did he say, Tim? No plan B. So he's the only one that doesn't have a plan B, although it's got to be said, Jim, uh, Clarko's plan A is pretty tidy, isn't it? Uh, I've got two expressions for you, uh, team. Which one carries less weight and is less believable? Comment number one, belonging to football. Mathematical probability. <laughs> or possibility, mathematical possibility. Or two, exhaustive process. Which one, Caro, actually is less... 100% exhaustive process. Yeah, well, I'm the first one. Are you Math- about mathematically possible. Exhaustive process. Yeah, th- 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 yeah. Tim, oh, full support of the board comes yeah. through. Oh, you know what, I forgot. <laughs> full support of the board. Uh, and, but we do love our callers on 3RW Football. And uh, we love our callers, loving the players that they support, as was evidenced this week. Feel good things on Saturday night when uh, Teppanyaki, uh, <laughs> 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 I think it was actually a genuine slip of the tongue. Do you find that there are jingles, Matthew, that once they get into your head, if you said 3RW jingles... Mm-hmm. No so one it, loves their jingles like you, though, Tony. Oh, yeah, like... Oh, this or, one, often you... Oh, Jimmy, like, R-O-B, no, hey, Jimmy, yeah. all over... All <laughs> oh, over I was just beer. about to do... All all over the Drain Man. Yeah, oh, well, that's hardly a jingle, the Drain Man. Ah, or B-O-T. B-O-T. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Hey, can you sing along with me? Yeah. Say it now, <laughs> say it clear. That beautiful thing is walking. That's it. And just, they just get in your head. And you sing the theme songs after the game too, oh, I do like singing the oh, theme yeah. songs. Oh, especially when it's um, Jim's team. Yeah, he yeah. loves the Giants. The boys in orange. I do like the Giants now. <laughs> but uh, it can't go unnoticed. This is the 12-month anniversary, almost to the day. Well, in fact, speaking of a 12-month anniversary, there was an Elvis Presley show uh, down at the Crown Casino last night. Yep. With the and because it was 42 years ago, I think I've got the times right. That uh, Elvis allegedly perished. Do you know? I think it was Patrick Ewing from Dallas, and they hosted a show. Do you believe that Elvis is still alive? Oh. You remember that one? Yep. And seventy-eight percent of Americans thought he was still alive. I tell you something. He's done a very good job of hiding out. If that is the case, <laughs> <laughs> but if uh, if this. I never know where this is going. You keep changing direction on me, Tony. Yeah, well, here we go. And this is 12 months ago. Star Australian golfer Mark Leishman was asked this question. Uh, Do you know what you don't know? Do I know what, sorry? What you don't know? Do I know what, sorry? Yeah. Do I know what I don't know? Yeah. No. No, no. No, sorry. I, I don't understand the question. No, and even 12 months on, I don't think anyone actually does it. But throughout W football, Lordy and Dwayne last night caught the atmosphere that was just emanating from this magnificent uh, stadium. For one of us, Jim Cleary would say, uh, Jimmy? Yes, as the best game I've seen all year. It was the best game Jim Cleary would have seen all year. Here's Dwayne and Lordy at their best. In the back pocket, gave it to Frost, chips the kick wide, and the mark is taken by Dunkley on a half-back flank. For Melbourne, any update on the... He's out. Gonski. He's out. It was hitting the top of the stumps. 
Nice work, Lordy. <laughs> clearly, clearly, is cricket. Clearly, clearly, the game hadn't quite captured your imagination there, Matthew. <laughs> no, 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 Matthew, probably, that's shocking. It was probably the worst game I've seen for the year last night. Really? Mm, the yep. least I was into. Obviously, we're here to do a job, but it's the least I was into. Flat crowd. Uh, Melbourne. Uh, I think that uh, Melbourne, I'm glad I'm not down for Melbourne, North Melbourne in Tassie next week <laughs> because of what Melbourne are producing. And uh, just, as I said, just the whole atmosphere. I, don't, I hate asking questions. Mm. I haven't Exciting given time, young swans, though. That yeah, but still, didn't do a lot for me, Karen. They, they always say the best form of, hu- the best form of spontaneous mm. humour is something that you've rehearsed mm. a lot of times. But can you recall, uh, Matthew, a very quick one, a more catastrophic uh, collapse than Melbourne's this year from last year to this year? Hard to remember, no, mm. at all. From third uh, to seventeenth, that is that is just extraordinary mm. what has happened there. So, Matthew, thank you for bringing us update with the cricket. Admittedly, <laughs> there wasn't a great deal of it last night. That concludes the twist this week for Yarra Valley and Croydon Toyota. If you're thinking car finance, think Yarra Valley and Croydon Toyota. So we're ready to go. It is 25 minutes to one o'clock. That concludes uh, Footy Preview. Caroline, as always, it is wonderful to have you I here. I can't believe the crowd streaming into this ground mm, today, Tony, for a game that has no bearing yeah. on finals, and I look forward to the exclusive call by yes, you and I'm Tim and the team. Just realised that there is some chance that we might get into double figures on the sausage rolls today, too. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> look at how many are there at the moment. There's no one else actually doing the game. <laughs> have a good call, boys. So, uh, that is... That is... Uh, that is... Um, <laughs> You're gone. <laughs> I didn't realise it's such a stupid thing to you don't say. Not enjoy your own work that much. It's not, I don't enjoy my own work, but the list is even less. Uh, uh, that's been footy preview. Well, thanks to McDonald's. Right now, you can grab a small cheeseburger, a meal with your choice of a little pie, a little, little, little pie for just four dollars only at Macca's, which might be just the worst live read I've ever done in my life. Right across Australia, it is going to be Carlton St Kilda. All thanks to McDonald's. You're listening to Three W Football. Say it now, say it now.